The Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Their trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact them today at 931-381-2663 or visit mtbj.net. and welcome in to another edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. It is sm-tnsports.com editor Mo Patton to my left. I'm Chris Yao, the multimedia editor of sm-tnsports.com. JP Plant is on the controls. He's on the other side of us. Making sure that all of the music and sounds play correctly and on time. And we appreciate that. For the that. most part. Sometimes he misses some great wow. options. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wait, were you guys listening last night at 5 o'clock? We were. D- during the show, d- at the end of you your uh, replay of uh, Teresa Walker? We, we So I'll tell you this. Mm-hmm. We we were in the office back here. Oh, you we were, were still the, here? We were the only people in the building. Oh. <laughs> Somebody's got to work. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we were listening uh, as our door was open. So, yeah, you know, we appreciate you doing that. Yeah, and you remember what I was doing? Why I didn't get that together, right? Yes, yes, I get it. Mm-hmm. We got it. We, mm-hmm. you know. Anyway, yes. <laughs> oh, hey, we just got to get our good shots morning, in guys. because we got to. Well, I got to get my shots in anyway because I know you're going to get yours. That's right. That's what's, true. What's the weather look like tomorrow? Uh-huh. I don't. Know. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But... And, and there we go. If it's anything like today, it's going to be a little cold, but. I don't know. I don't know what the forecast is for tomorrow, but right now it is beautiful. It is nice. Here on West it is West absolutely nice. Yeah, you know. I can tell you what the forecast is for tomorrow. No, you can't. Well, you're no weatherman. It's a high of 63, but I can read a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's high of 63 and a low of 34 in, in Columbia. It's going to be cool in Columbia tomorrow exactly. night. Exactly. If you're out at football games, make sure to bundle up. Oh, man. It's playoff weather. It, it it is playoff weather, and I'm excited. Second round of the playoffs will start, and we will talk about that in the second segment um, and the third segment of this show. But first, we want to mention a list of folks in our coverage area who decided to further their careers athletically and academically that we are level. aware of. Yeah, these are the ones that we're yeah. If, if you are not on this list and you want to be, you can <laughs> shoot us a text. 931-381-1017. 931-381-1017. Do that one more time. Yeah, 931-381-1017. There we go. Shoot us a text. Give us your name. If you, are, if you signed a, a college scholarship yesterday on the first day of the early signing period, we would love to know about it. And let everybody else know about it. That's correct. Yeah. We will. We will let everyone know. So right now, here's text the us list. or call us. Yep. Go right, ahead. Right now, the list. We will start with Columbia Academy. We have a story on both of these uh, athletes. 
on SM-T and Sports.com, mainly because they were the ones that we knew about beforehand. Kavaris Tears, a baseball signee for the University of Tennessee. Journey Mitchell, a softball signee to Carson Newman University. A trio from Summertown also has a story on the website, sm-tnsports.com. Kaylee Campbell will play golf at Austin P. Claire Woods and Haley Jones will play softball. Claire Woods will go to Middle Tennessee State. Haley Jones headed down to Florence to play at UNA. In basketball, Summit's Ellie Colson will go to Eastern Illinois University, OVC. What? Uh, Emma Grace Rawson, also from Columbia Academy, will play volleyball at Trevecca. Uh, it was announced that Garrett Sims signed a baseball scholarship at Austin P University. Uh, he is from Summit. And we have five Spring Hill athletes. Jackson Marbot to play baseball at Middle Tennessee State. Brantley Whitwell to play baseball at Columbia State. Dawson Hargrove will play baseball at Southwest Tennessee. Is that a state? I do not believe I don't it think is it a state. Is. I think it's just Southwest Tennessee Community College. They're the Salukis, formerly, Yes, right? formerly Shelby State. Ah, there you go. Did not know that, that they had changed the name. That's why I'd never heard of them. <laughs> uh, Denasia Wade is going to play softball at Alabama A&M, and Kat Carter will play softball at Jacksonville <laughs> State <laughs> University. Go Gamecocks. There you go. Um, neither of them has signed neither of those two at yet. this point, but they are – I think Spring Hill is on remote learning right now, so they have been unable to hold at-school ceremonies for them. Gotcha. I think is the case. Yeah, and Jackson, Brantley, and Dawson actually signed on uh, November 2nd. Which so, is interesting. Yeah, uh, it's something. I-, I wonder if Jackson just signed the paper and didn't send it in until yesterday because Brantley and Dawson could sign at JUCO. They just had a baseball signing all at once probably what happened anyway you caught up with Kavaris tears yesterday right i did i did i was able to um catch up with him following his signing and he was gracious enough to spend a couple of minutes with me and so we've got um some remarks from him on his signing so we're here with Kavaris tears the columbia academy senior who um Signed this week with the University of Tennessee on a college baseball scholarship. Um, Kavaris was a um, March 2018 commit as a member of this 2021 class, so it's not really been a question. But you know, congratulations, first of all, Kavaris. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you committed, like I said, as a freshman. Uh, what was it about UT that you liked then, and? Have, I, I assume that you, you just continue to be comfortable with that decision, but what was it you liked from the start? Well, I had just met Coach Vitello the first time I went there. He had just became the head coach. And uh, he talked to me about the recruiting process, not even just for me, like going to their school, but just any school in general. And he always told me not to, like, make it a rush to, like, just have to commit right then and there. But every other school I went to, they were wanting me to commit, like, within the next few weeks. And he showed he like he was the only head coach that ever like called me, talked to me, and everything. He came out and watched games and everything. Every other coach, it was just like they sent like an assistant or something to come and do it. 
and I feel like he really showed like complete interest in me. And so I feel like also campus, I've been to Knoxville since I've been five years old, going to watch football games and stuff. So I kind of knew the campus pretty well. So I, I always loved the campus. So I just felt like that was the right place for him. Who else did you consider or did you consider anyone else as seriously as you two? Uh, the only other offer I had was Ole Miss, but I talked to Vanderbilt as well. So I, I talked to each of the head coaches one time, and that was, that was it. Um, and like I said, you clearly feel like this is still the right spot. Oh, yes, yes, sir. Um, UT had a lot of success before COVID hit last year. Um, a lot of momentum. I would imagine that was exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, it was kind of no surprise. You know, you go there and watch all the work they put in, how good of the Coach Elander, Coach Vitello, Coach Ross, how good they are even when they played and how they brought it back to their players and teaching them everything they know. I mean, it kind of came as no surprise how good they were doing. You know, if you're not the first Columbia Academy baseball player to sign an NCAA Division I scholarship, it's a very short list. Um, what's that feel like for you? Uh, it feels good, you know, I'm like one of the few among the school, uh, but at the same time, it's, it just makes me want to stay humble even more, never get a big head and think I'm better than anybody else. And I'm, if I ever do try to do, do that, I know my coaches and my best friends are just knocking right back down to the bottom, so it feels good now. Uh, you've been selected to play in the Minority Baseball Prospects All-American game on November 21st down at um, Hank Aaron Stadium in Mobile. Uh, Hank Aaron Stadium, you're playing for the Larry Doby All-Stars against the Jackie Robinson All-Stars. I mean, does that give you chills? Because it gives me chills to say it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I kind of, I never really expected any of this to happen, really. I didn't think, I seen the, I seen all the invites go out and everything, but I never thought I'd be a part of it. Once I got it, it was just like, I just couldn't sleep that night. I was just so excited, like, be able to represent my culture and everything. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Hey, congratulations again. Thank you. Thank you. That was Kavaris Tears of Columbia Academy as he signed to the Baseball America's number five signing class in the country. Tennessee Volunteers. That's a that's a pretty big deal. You know, Tony Patello has done a fantastic job in a short period of time up there. The former um, Missouri assistant has brought a lot of energy into that program, and they've really developed some players over a short period of time as well. And as Kavaris was saying, they started the year 15-2 and two last spring before COVID hit, and they had to shut down. So, um a lot, lot of momentum, a lot of good stuff going on with that program right now. And and that's a program that has had success um, just inconsistently so. Sure. I mean, they've been to a couple of World Series. I covered one out there in 95 with a couple of guys named Helton and Dickie. Yeah, those those guys were okay. They were all right, you know. But um, Speaking of R.A. Dickey, every time you mention R.A. Dickey's name, I just think, how does it feel to be a member of the Twins or whatever? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Mariners. Yeah, because yeah. it was the Twins, right? And then mm-hmm. they traded. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. a whole story. It is a whole story. It's a really good story. We'll have you. We'll have you tell that one one day. But um, yeah, it, it's nice to see them 
making some moves and making some some headway in I mean that's just a program that should be a consistently successful baseball program even in the same state as Vanderbilt I mean Vandy can't sign everybody that's right so they signed quite a few though they did they, hey, they yeah. signed some good ones yeah, yeah. typically typically yeah so um you know congratulations again to Cabarrus and looking forward to seeing him play a full spring this coming spring his senior year as a sophomore he was a Tennessee baseball coaches association class a Mr. Baseball finalist as a sophomore and he was still coming off of a shoulder injury that year didn't get his junior year this past year for obvious reasons so um, again just looking forward to what a healthy Kavaris Tears looks like in a full season of high school baseball that's right. 2021. And congratulations to all of the student athletes who signed yesterday. If you are signing or have signed, let us know. Email us sports at sm tnsports.com. Shoot us a text 9313811017. I'm just proud of you, Mo, for saying mobile right. <laughs> Two syllables mobile. M O. B-E-E-L. That's right. Mobile. (laughs) That's how you say it. (laughs) All right. It's 23 minutes past the hour of 9 o'clock. We are going to talk high school football on the other side of this break. We've got the Central Lions, 6-5, heading over to Summit, 10-1. And And we will talk about that in the next segment in depth. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Hey folks, While we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. The playoffs live on TriStar Sports Radio, as J.P. Plant just told you, and nowhere else will you get the in-depth coverage of high school football playoffs more than you will get them right here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. If that sounded like a spot, it wasn't. It was me, live and in person. Um, Didn't mean to get too... Radio, radio-y there. Radio-y. Yeah, that's a new word. I just made it up. Okay. It's actually, it, actually, I didn't make it up. It was actually the word of the day on my on my uh, Gmail this morning. But Chris, radio-y. Isn't that the point? To be radio-y? On radio? On radio? See, I don't, I, I, don't, I want to feel more. Uh, oh, you want to be more real and no, organic? No, less, 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 you oh, know. Well, oh, so I'm not a radio ra- guy. So define so. radio-y. Um. Maybe that's my, I'm misunderstanding what that means. 
radio if you looked it up on Wikipedia, it would have a picture of J.P. Plant next to it. <laughs> <laughs> he so is you're trying ra- to be the opposite of me. He is saying? pretty radio-y, I'm, isn't he? he, he <laughs> if, there, if there was a... If there was a picture on Wikipedia, it would be mm-hmm. JP. I, I, and I love it. It's a good thing I have the face for radio, yes. <laughs> Sorry, it was sitting right there. Don't we all? It was sitting right uh, there. Yeah, you know, just hit it out of the park when I <laughs> toss up the softballs like that. That's what we do. Yeah, exactly. you got to hit the home runs when you can. But, right. yeah, you know, this is a, we're so excited to bring you high school football playoffs, and you will hear Summit and Central – Right here on TriStar Sports Radio, it is the Central Broadcast will be on our sister station, 103.7 FM, WKRM, and the Summit Broadcast with Mike Epley and Matt Rogers and potentially Justin Lamb and whoever else. You're assuming that Matt Rogers will be back from from wherever it is that he gallivants off to was he <laughs> was he on the call friday night he was von miller allowed him to return back to middle tennessee so nice of von yes so uh, he was to on take the care call. of his obligations here <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah we love matt 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 just he just gets to do all the cool stuff and we're just a little jealous it's I'm, okay. yeah i'm just a little grudgeful that matt got to go <laughs> hang out with von miller and I got to go hang out with Chris in Winchester, Tennessee. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, you can hear the Summit broadcast right here on WKOM 101.7 FM and obviously across the world on TristarSportsRadio.com. Both of them. Will you be doing a whip around? Yes. Where are you whipping around to? Yes. Uh, obviously, that one will be uh, a feature. Um, I haven't seen where WGNS, where Brian Barrett will be, but wherever he and WGNS will be, we'll carry that game. Uh, and we've got, um, I think we've got a couple of others. Obviously, Independence and Brentwood. Dash 2 Sports. Yeah. Dash two sports uh, we've been able to pick up with them the last uh, few weeks. Uh, so those will be some of the games uh, that we'll have for sure. Well, that will be a good one mm-hmm. to tap into, yeah. I believe. Yeah, looking forward to really looking forward to Friday night. And uh, will uh, Murphy's matchups uh, ended in the regular season? So when we go on at, uh, for TSL at five, um, we will uh, go all the way through to eleven o'clock on uh, on Friday night. So we'll have you live and coverage. Coach Mike, Coach and Mike, and. Me and, and Mo. And, and are, are you going to have like warm towels to wrap around your throat? To pro- you, you know, know? <laughs> I'm probably going to need some. <laughs> Get some, some honey it. water. Yeah. Um, honey lemon water. Yeah, and and maybe some other stuff to go with it too. <laughs> some George Dickel. Yeah, That's a little, a, hello. The, uh, the pull, official <laughs> pull of Ole Miss. Get get a hot toddy going. Hotty toddy. Hotty toddy. So yes, but but it's we're we're looking forward to Friday night because we are going to expand our scoreboard to the entire uh, playoff bracket. Nice. Uh, so we're going to we're going to fill that in as we go and um, that's uh that's our plan. So nice. and and listen try to find the best game uh, as we go along and um, of course you know the playoffs the the intensity always ratchets up to an, uh, another level. So it lends itself to to more uh, quality games, I think. Absolutely. Especially after you get past the first round. Yeah. So we should have some good games to, to listen in on. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So the plan is to continue the post-game scoreboard as long as there is a game for a post-game? Uh, correction. And, you know, that extends all across our um, our affiliate network, uh, which includes 
the Murfreesboro and Oakland. Uh, we have Summit. So we've uh, Independence. Yeah. Independence. So we've got some teams. Um, yeah, the Wimsy. We got some teams that we feel obviously will go pretty deep. So our plan is to continue our uh, TriStar Friday Night Live uh, as long as um, as long as we go. And my my first inclination, even if all of our teams get knocked out in the semifinals, we'll we'll get at least one in the semifinals. I'm sure. If they all get knocked out in the semifinals, we'll probably still try to. Um, I'd, I'd love to be able to try to go to Cookville. We'll see what uh, <laughs> if I, I Matthew heard, Gillespie allows it. Yeah, hearing hearing the uh, the protocol of uh, availability could affect that, but uh, ideally, we'd love to do our show in Cookville. Maybe you know, uh, you know, on the field or just outside of the stadium. However, we can we can arrange that. I think we can make. We'll that be able to do that. I, I mean, we do have a Hall of Famer on staff. Mm-hmm. I don't think that'll have anything to do with it. But, <laughs> but, uh, that that might make things a little harder for you. I don't know, but um, I, uh, I think we'll be able to pull that yeah, off. Looking forward to it. Anyway, let's talk about the second round matchup. We've got the Central Lines heading over to Spring Hill, North Spring Hill, as they take on Summit on Friday, and this is a Region Five Five A rematch and we are pretty sure it's going to be a much different game than the last time around uh, I don't I don't foresee this maybe being a 35 nothing game I don't know that Central has um, has a great chance to win this game I think Summit's pretty strong uh, that being said I do think it's possible to uh, to see a much different team from both of these teams, just because it, hell, Summit hasn't played a whole lot. Because Summit hasn't played a whole lot, because Columbia Central is playing with some confidence after that um, 21-14 triple overtime win up at Gallatin um, in the opening round. I just don't think, and and I know this is supposed to be an in-depth analysis, but I think the bottom line is I just don't think Columbia Central has enough offense to beat Summit. The offense they do have does lend itself, though, to some big plays. And that's something that Summit will have to limit. Because I don't think – I think you're right that Central can't sustain – They can't walk it down. Yeah, they can't sustain drives probably Mm -hmm. against that defensive front. But, you know, last year at Summit – Big plays to Stephen Kennard down the sideline. Dane Sykes was the quarterback at that time. But, uh, you know, if Brady McCandless is able to maybe hit some big plays over the top, stretch the defense a little bit, give them some room up front to maybe get four or five, six yards of carry from, you know, Biggers and Buckman, you know, I, I think there are ways this this team could stick around. For those big plays over the top to take place, though, he's got to have time, which comes back to his offensive front, which is a still young and still lacking cohesion offensive front just because of the injuries and the unavailability and that kind of thing that they've dealt with over the course of the season. Now, if he can get some time for those plays down the field to develop – Stephen Kennard is as dangerous a receiver as I've seen this year. I mean, big physical kid, catches the ball with his hands 
as opposed to letting it get into him. And once he catches the ball, he's looking to get upfield, and he's not he's not necessarily finessing his way up the field. I mean, he's a physical physical kid. I, I really like watching him play. And it reminds they, me a lot of AJ Brown. I mean, at like the high school level, right? Yeah, catching it with his hands, putting it in the bread basket, and then running and, and turning and getting upfield. Yeah, and if if Central is able to make a couple of those plays, like you said, maybe back some people up a little bit, then then maybe that does create some room to to run the ball a little bit. But I just don't think there. I don't think you're going to see Central put together a 15 play, 80 yard drive or something like that. No, you're exactly right. I don't. I, I don't think that their offense is is capable against this summit defense. Now, where I think the biggest dis, the biggest distance is is the summit offense and that central defense. This summit offense is really good. I mean, forty two points last week in the first half and cruised to a win. That that's the kind of stuff. I mean, and that was against you know again after not playing for forty one mm-hmm. days. Yeah, and so having a chance to knock that rust off against an, an overmatched Hillwood team. Now they come in against this Columbia Central team, and one of the key questions for Central defensively, I think, will be whether or not Antoine Moore is back because I think he was in quarantine this past week, and I don't know when he went in. I believe it was two weeks ago. He did not play against um, Shelbyville. Shelbyville. Okay. So then – he should that means he should be, be back. back Friday and that, that makes, makes a, a world of difference for them uh, and that makes a huge difference for central defensively also makes a difference for him in the run game because every now and then Jason Hoth likes to get in that smokestack offense with Moore as one of the three in that strong eye formation with with either Biggers or Buckman or both and if they get into a short yardage situation or if they just want to create a different look with that Antoine Moore is a big part of that as well that is a disgusting thought those three in the backfield together <laughs> disgusting in a fun way yes I like it I mean I, it's like my that that shouldn't be even legal <laughs> I wonder if they could run that play that Bird was talking about where they line the three uh running backs up behind the center guard and tackle and then just and then just direct snap it to the quarterback and, and go go yeah <laughs> Bird being Jeremy Whitaker, um, one of the assistant coaches over at Columbia Academy that we hung out with a little bit earlier this week. Yeah, <laughs> that's, um, what, that's what they ought to do. They just line them up and put six on the right side and go, and just over, <laughs> just just mush it down the field three, four yards at a time. Just, oh yeah. man, yeah. But um, like you said, I think this will be a better game than it was the first time around. I don't think Summit wins at thirty-five to nothing, but I do think they win it. Um, I don't think it takes overtime. No. Um, Certainly won't take three. <laughs> yeah. But um, I'm interested to see, again, what this Summit team looks like now that they've got a game under their belt. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they've gotten some of the, the rust off. They were able to do a lot of things that they needed to just kind of shore up practice a little bit against a live opponent and they were able to do that on Friday against Hillwood and it was a pretty I mean dominant performance mm-hmm. if we're talking you know truthfully yeah 
Uh, Dustin Wade, 5 of 8 for 85 yards. What, three touchdowns? Three touchdowns and five completions. So, what's the over-under on norm, on number of passes, passing attempts for entertainment purposes only? 11. For, 11? 11 is, is, is the number. Okay. Are you going over-under, JP? Um, I'm going to go – man <laughs> – that, that's a that's a that's a good line. That is. That is a very good line. I'm, I'm going to say over, slightly, mm-hmm. slightly. Um, I think early on, I think they may try to establish that just a little bit, just to, just give to some, keep them just honest, just to give them something to be concerned with, because they absolutely did not throw the last time. So I think they try to incorporate that a little bit. That's why I think they won't against Columbia. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I think. That eleven is a good number because even if they do, I they think it's going to be three or four in the first quarter, three or four in the second quarter, and you might see two or three in the third quarter. But that's, you know, if any time Brian Coleman has a chance to run the ball effectively, <laughs> he's going to do it. He's not going to throw it just to throw it. Yeah, he may go. Uh, you know, <laughs> if if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. fix it because right. it worked last time. Don't don't out coach yourself. I I'm gonna I I feel like JP. I'm gonna go over. But slightly, I think eleven is a great line, because I'm I'm feeling twelve or thirteen. Right, it's very. Yeah. I mean, that's. I don't see much more than that. He won't. They will not throw the ball fifteen times Friday night. That's that's fair. Yeah, so. that's a narrow payoff, Mo. <laughs> that's a what? A narrow payoff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You got you got to be real good to get that one perfect, right in the middle. But that's why you're a Hall of Famer. Okay. There you go. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about this game. I, I will be there. Uh, I will be. It's at Summit, so I'll get there after eating somewhere on the north side, and uh, the north side. Yeah, the you, north side of Spring Hill. North Spring Hill. Yeah. Uh, on the north side of Spring Hill. It's the richer part of town. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to eat, though. I'm really, you know, because I have so many friends over there. It's hard to, like, it's hard to pick one place, but uh, it's probably. you got a lot of options. It's though. probably going to be Delta Bound, if yeah. I had to guess. I think that's what Jim Fay and John Wilde would suggest. And oh, well. If that's what John Wilde would suggest, it's a good option. Then that's where you need to go. Yeah, Coach Wilde is the uh, he he's the food connoisseur of Middle Tennessee, no no doubt. I just got a phone call from from Darren Joins, and oh, I good. probably should have answered it and put him on. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> call him back. We'll call him, him back. We're gonna get him on. on uh, hold on, don't call him back till we get back from a break. We're gonna take a quick break here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, and when we come back, we're gonna talk about independence and. Uh, Brentwood, and mm-hmm. this great time to have Darren Joins on, the Athletics Director of Williamson County Schools. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. 
When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back in to Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 13 minutes to the top of the hour here in uh, Columbia, Tennessee, on 1017 FM WKOM. And we were able to get him. We got him. That's exciting. Weren't expecting to bring Williamson County Schools Athletics Director Darren Joins on the show this morning, but if there ever was a time, this would be it because... We have a couple of Williamson County schools playing each, actually four Williamson County schools playing each other this week for a chance to play each other again next week. <laughs> Darren, you got to be pretty excited about tomorrow night. You know, I am excited, uh, and I appreciate you guys having me on, and I, I know I say this to you, but I want to say it again. Appreciate all you do to cover athletics, not only in Williamson County, but uh, really in, in Middle Tennessee in, in general. And Chris, I got to ask you a question before I answer that. Uh-oh. How does it feel to be in the presence of greatness? A <laughs> Hall of Famer, a Hall of Famer, uh, Mr. Patton. So uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I, I'd have to think back. I don't know if I've had many conversations with a Hall of Famer. You know, it, it is a pleasure each and every day. We we have done nothing but milk this as much as we can, and and we appreciate because he knows how uncomfortable it makes me, <laughs> and it's so great. It is absolutely fantastic. Oh, well, man. the the fact that it makes you uncomfortable uh, just really speaks to who you are and and really how deserving you are. I know it for you, it's all about who you're covering, not who's covering it. But I know we sure appreciate it and. Congratulations to you, Mo. Very well deserved. Thanks, Darren. I appreciate that, man. Um, before we get too deep into this Independence-Brentwood game, though, I want to get back to what you were calling me back for because I was calling you, as as we mentioned off air, the TWSAA Board of Control meeting is ongoing over at Siegel High School in Murfreesboro. started at 9 this morning where they will set officially – the districts and regions for the 21-22 and 22-23 uh, school years. And one of those configurations that kind of jumped out at me in the proposals from the state office are in Region 64A, which is for boys and girls basketball, baseball, and softball. In 11-4A, you've got Brentwood, Centennial, Franklin, Hillsborough, and Overton. In 12-4A, you've got Columbia Central, Independence, Nolansville, Ravenwood, and Summit. Now, having a little familiarity with Williamson County, it would seem to me that those two districts would be best served if you flip-flopped Franklin and Centennial to 12 and Nolansville and Ravenwood to 11 because that way you're not splitting Brentwood and Ravenwood. And you're not driving past, if you're coming from Columbia, Independence, or Summit, you're not driving past Centennial to get to Nolansville and Ravenwood, which basically you have to do. Right. 
What are your so, thoughts on that? Well, I will say this, and I don't mind saying this because I think people know this about me. I didn't want to go four classes. And I think one of the reasons was because of this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, th- I think what happened for a lot of people that wanted to do it, and I'm not saying the people that wanted to do it were wrong, but, you know, there's with basketball coaches, and I can say this because I was one of them, I think a lot of people have always said, well, we got to even it up and make it more like football. You know, they make the playoffs more. And I, I never believed that. I always thought the basketball was unique from football and that let's leave well enough alone because I knew this kind of thing was going to happen. And then what ends up happening is you, you think you want something. And then when you see you get what you want, it's a be careful what you wish for kind of thing. So unlike, and I don't know if you remember this, but several years ago when there was a, uh, realignment of some groups uh, we had Williamson County football team split up and we ended up being in a group together and that, that preceded me but I know the situation mm-hmm. what's tricky about this is this isn't hey put us all together like that's not going to happen No, where no. we could all be together so now uh, even though things may make sense to us it may not be something everybody wants to do I think the thing that stood out to me more than anything is beyond geographics, is that Ravenwood and Brentwood aren't in the same district. Absolutely. That's a great rivalry. Well, let's just let's just let's just play this out. Let's just say you moved Ravenwood over. Well, Nolansville may not be happy about that. Mm-hmm. I think in Nolansville's mind, they're thinking that'll be a great natural rival for us too. Mm-hmm. So now we've got Ravenwood, Nolansville, good rivalry, independent sum, uh, summit, good rivalry, and the three on the other side. Brentwood, Centennial, and Franklin, there's rivalries there because of Brentwood and Franklin and Centennial and Franklin. So uh, you're not going to get anything perfect, and I agree with you. That kind of looks on paper like something that could happen, but it's not like it was last time when, as a district, we said, hey, we all agree we want to be together. This is a different situation. And I'll say this. Some of the baseball folks, I was talking to Coach McClary, Independence, at a game the other night, and he was like me. He didn't want to go four. He wanted to go three. He said, it's going to bust up some of these great games that we have, and now we've got to travel more. Uh, it just really, really gets tricky, and I bet some of the folks who thought they wanted it would now say they don't want it. But here's what I've learned about these kind of things. I saw it in Indiana with basketball at high school level. They went to classes, and nobody wanted it, but you never go back. Yeah, that's right. so yeah, I think, it's hard I to think put that genie in the bottle. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. Like to me, I thought we should have stayed three and, and dropped football to five. But again, you don't, you tend not to go back uh, backwards. So I didn't really answer your question, but I think <laughs> I, I maybe talked about how it's a little more complicated than maybe it was last time with trying to get our football teams together. Now, good news is uh, in football now we're one group the bad news is and this is no offense to dixon county but dixon there's an automatic win for our teams well who've we <laughs> tell him what he's won johnny well you got some instead <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah so, so um hey at least they're still blue and orange though hey darren that's right um where are you going to be tomorrow night because i'm going to be at that independence brentwood game that you weren't at during the regular season um i, I will be there i will right. absolutely be at brentwood independence you know it's hard to kind of and I'll tell you this, sometimes I have said, um, let's uh, let's move around. It never happens. 
because once you start started a game, it's hard to leave it. It is. So I don't think I've ever worked that uh, go to multiple around. events thing. So it's it's Brentwood Indy for me to, tomorrow night. Uh, I think it's a great matchup. Um, and I'll say this now: everybody talks about the it's hard to beat somebody twice, and they got to play again at Brentwood. Uh, you know, Brentwood's got some uncertainties with guys being out. Mm-hmm. And will they be able to play this week? And even if they do play, maybe they're a little rusty. Maybe they're rested. That's a good matchup for Indy. Oddly enough, it's weird how matchups work. Indy, Brentwood is a pretty good matchup for Indy, but Ravenwood's a bad matchup for Indy. We have we it's, it, we've talked. We about were having it. that conversation here in in the um at the station earlier this week. It's like Independence can deal with Brentwood. Brentwood can deal with Ravenwood, but Independence can't deal with Ravenwood. It's 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 so interesting. Yeah, it's all about matchups, and you see that all the time in athletics. But it's it's particularly you know topical right now because this Brentwood Indy winner stands to face Ravenwood. Ravenwood hosts Franklin tomorrow night as well. So um, this is the year I've picked Independence to go to the state finals, and this is the year Indy's going to get Ravenwood. Well, I'm I'm not going to go quite as far, but I certainly understand <laughs> that. But I, I'll say this, I feel like one of those four, and obviously the three that you mentioned, Brentwood, Ravenwood, Independence, with the best shot, I think certainly one of those three is going to be playing in the state championship, along with Summit. I, I feel like Summit's going to be there, too. No pressure, coaches, if you're listening out here. We're, <laughs> expectation is to – it's easy now. I can armchair it a little bit. There you go. But I think the winner of Beach Summit, assuming Beach gets past Hillsborough. Yeah. Oof. I think the winner of that game takes it to the end. And you don't have any insight to the into that one, do you, former Beach well, you Boys know, basketball be a, coach, Darren Jones? That would, that would be a tough uh, – obviously, I'm a WCS guy. WCS signs my check. But if there's any time when I would feel a pull, it would be Beach playing one of our teams because I so love that school. I was there for – 20 years coach crabtree and i are the best of friends i love him very much uh, but then obviously you know i've got relationships here as well and this is where i work and it, it would be a very tricky thing for me it would, in <laughs> fact I, I would probably attend that game and be uncomfortable the whole time and, ju- <laughs> and just stand under, under the goal post stand huh? under the goal post that's right <laughs> Stand under the goalpost. Hey, we're visiting with Williamson County Schools Athletics Director Darren Joins in a little impromptu visit here. Darren, we really appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. No problem at all. Always glad to help people that help us, for sure. Absolutely. So, Darren Joins, uh, WCS Athletics Director, and we uh, we really don't have a lot of time left to go into this uh independence brentwood game so we we can do that in the second hour we can do that in the second hour Uh, we had we had some flexibility in the second hour but coming out of this break at the top of the hour we are going to visit with virgil herring director of golf for ensworth school and a pga pro in nashville as is there something that's going on with golf that makes it timely uh there's a little something. There's a, there's a little something going on down in but it's November in East Georgia. But it's November. That's confusing. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the Masters are. They have teed off. They are ready to go, and we will talk about that on the other side of the top of the hour with Virgil Herring, uh, Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. 
We'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Beck Dental Care, Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, The Rock Place, and Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their ortho-quick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, J.P. Plant with you here on this beautiful Thursday morning, three minutes past the hour of 10 o'clock, and it is round one of the Masters Tournament in Augusta. Hello, friends. <laughs> there are fewer sports intros better than that right there. I I will tell you, I was skeptical about November and a fall masters. But when you when you look at this course and what it looks like right now, I almost want it to be in November all the time. <laughs> it's definitely different. It, it's beautiful. Yeah. And Augusta's always beautiful. Don't get us wrong. But you know what else is beautiful? When Tiger Woods tees off on the first tee after a Masters championship. And it's perfect the guy is incredible to be his age and just smashing golf balls to talk about that and very much more we have Virgil Herring on the line he is a local golf personality to say the least to say, um, <laughs> to say the least Virgil Herring is the, the director of golf not to be confused with golf coach. He is the director of golf at the Ensworth School and does a weekly segment on WTVF Channel 5 Sunday night uh Sunday Sports Central that I that for a guy who never plays golf, I really enjoy watching his tips on there. Virgil, good morning. Well, thank you very much for having me on, and thank you for watching my tips. It's very kind of you, sir. Uh, you you have one of my all-time favorite phrases that um, <laughs> it'll have um, your hand out and their wallet out. Not, I, I, I love it. I love it. But um, I saw a tweet from you. You were, um, I guess you are rooting for Rory McIlroy in this one, and then I saw a tweet this morning that said all four of – his wins have come in tournaments that had a weather 
interruption, I guess. It's, am I am I recalling that correctly? Yeah, he has won all four of his majors where rain has softened the golf course. Um, so certainly when he won the U S open at congressional that it rained every night, not one time was the tournament delayed, but it rained every night, uh, before they, you know, the next day. And it was, a, it was super wet. And he hit it at that time. He hit it longer than everybody and had this huge advantage and it didn't hurt that he had a great, uh, great week of hitting the ball and putting it. Um, uh, but he's, you know, he's one of only two people that really win major championships by more than a touchdown. He and Tiger Woods. So it's easy to fall in love with, uh, the greatness that those guys bring to the table. So he's my favorite player, and that's what I hope I always, always wish him well. And that that comes into play from the standpoint that the Masters had a nearly three-hour stoppage this morning. Not everyone was able to get off on time. They wound up pushing a few tee times back, and so again he's got an opportunity to to use that weather to his advantage, I guess. Yeah, I think that there's probably there's. Well, I guess every year you always feel like there's five or six people that are the favorites. But, I mean, I've, this year it almost feels like there's 10 or 12 people that are, you know, reasonable betting favorites going in. And everybody wants to talk about Bryson DeChambeau because he destroyed a golf course that's really never been destroyed before in Wingfoot and all the talk about what he's going to do at Augusta National. You know, I, I'm, I still believe deep down inside that if he wins the Masters – in the kind of fashion that he won the U.S. Open, when they tee it up again in April, there'll be a different situation, like maybe a different golf ball that they have to play. <laughs> I don't, I don't expect if if DeChambeau wins like Tiger won in '97, where he just hits it 50 yards past everybody, hits nothing but short irons into par fives. The Masters is, you know, how much more land can they buy and make the golf course 8,000 yards? I think they'll just they'll make it so that they have to play a, a Masters ball, and that will be the beginning of the rollback. Uh, of distance on the on the tour if it gets to that point. I'd be interested to see what's going to happen this week yeah. if he does win it. They kind of tigerize the course that time. You think they don't dechamboize the course? They just change the equipment for the course? I think that, you know, right now there's this, there's this weird line in the sand where there are a large group of people that don't want the game to, you know, bring the ball back because literally who in the world's talking about hitting the ball too long nobody's talking about hitting the ball too long but on the other side of that fence is it's hard to it's hard to imagine having a major championship in which nobody really has to hit a long iron i mean essentially this is such an interesting stat from 2015 to 2019 dustin johnson's longest iron shot on a par four was one six iron and a handful of seven irons, and he hits nothing more than eight iron and less all day long. And that doesn't necessarily demonstrate the full bag skill that most people believe is required of a major championship. And that's where this game has gotten is these guys hit the ball so far that they're, they don't hit very challenging shots into the greens like they did maybe you know, 15, 20 years ago. And to some people, that bothers them on the history of the game. And the other people are just like, that's just how it goes. Uh, every, the athletes get bigger, faster, stronger. There's more information out there to learn how to do it right. And just let them, let them play the game the way they play it now and forget about the history. So I'm not quite sure where I stand because half of me likes yeah. to see progress and the other half of me doesn't like to see 
you know, Pebble Beach not be a relevant test of golf for a major championship. So somewhere in the middle lies the future for sure. That's very similar to baseball in that, you know, history and stats and historical marks are so important to purists of the game and, and people who love the game, yet you can't deny that there's just not much else you can do when guys are, you know, like DeChambeau are, you know, robbing GNC stores of everything they have <laughs> and hitting the ball 320 with a three wood off the tee. Um, but that doesn't really matter if you miss your first putt for birdie on a, on, from about, what, six feet out, five feet yep. out? <laughs> <laughs> like DeChambeau did this morning. <laughs> so there's that. A drive for show, putt for dough, right? Yeah, yeah. there's that. Uh, but the thing is that if, if you look at over a 72-hole time frame, if you give him a 40-yard advantage on mm. all holes that are hit driver, he statistically can't lose. He would have to be so poor on the green from, from 110 yards and in, yeah. and that is almost impossible for an elite player to be that poor with a wedge and a putter. Now he might, it might be not enough to win if he, if he drives it great and, you know, hits his wedges and putts at average, but it probably would be, but it would certainly take a Rory, a Justin Thomas, a DJ or a Kepka, or if Tiger gets things rolling, it would certainly take somebody like that who also brings a level of, you know, intimidation factor when their name gets on the leaderboard that uh, that could alter things. That's that's the storyline, is how much can R- Bryson DeChambeau dominate the golf course versus all of the other legendary great players that are in the mix who play the game a little bit more conventionally than, uh, than DeChambeau does. And is it going to be the second shot golf course that we've known Augusta National will be? Or is it going to be that once every 20-year person who does something to a golf course that destroys the integrity of how that course has always been thought to play. So Nicholas did it in the sixties. Tiger did it in, in 1997. And it looks like it's possible that DeChambeau could also do it in 2020, which is he just hits the ball so much longer than everybody else that he has a, a mathematical advantage that nobody can really catch up to. So that's what we're going to, that's what we're, I think that's what we're, that's the storyline of the 2020 masters. We're speaking with Virgil Herring, the director of golf at the Ensworth School. And, um, Virgil, you mentioned that this field, you know, relative to other Masters fields, feels like maybe there's a little bit more competition at the top of the leaderboard or will be over the course of four rounds. Do you feel like the fact that the that the event has moved from April to November has something to do with that? I don't really think that that has much to do with anything uh, other than it's going to make the golf course play different. Because when I played Augusta National, I played it November 5th and 6th of 2005. So I know what the golf course plays like right now, uh, unlike it would in April, which I've never played it in. Um, But I would say that, you know, right now, think about how very few times we go into a Masters and where nobody even mentions the guy who's the number one ranked player in the world. Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson hasn't finished outside the top six in six events. And I haven't even heard him be mentioned yet, other than he gets on an interview and talks about his favorite sandwiches at the Augusta National. I mean, that's... Well, I mean, that's, no, the, that's the important stuff anyway, though. 
<laughs> Very true. For the spectator, one cannot underestimate the power of the pimento cheese sandwich. <laughs> Is there another sandwich at Augusta oh. National? Well, if you can believe it, the egg, egg salad, salad sandwich oh, okay. and the pimento cheese sandwich, they duke it out for I mean that Dems fighting words on the ground. If somebody walks in there and says the pimento cheese sandwich is the best. They're going to be met by 25 people with egg salad sandwiches in their hand, ready to throw, ready to throw mitts. But then there'll be another 50 guys with but, the pimento cheese. It just turned into a big war. But then you know what? <laughs> they all come together for a Georgia peach ice cream sandwich afterwards. You got that right. <laughs> I'm that's just, the peace treaty. That's the peace treaty right there. That's the, the olive treaty. Branch, the peach huh? the treaty. Pe- peach treaty. I like it. So. This is Alabama Auburn pimento cheese egg salad. Is that is that is <laughs> Yes. Wow. No doubt about it. Okay. All right. Uh, today I learned. Sorry, I didn't mean to get off on a tangent there. We're well, you, Dustin Johnson, but you know we're always going to get off on food a food tangent at never some fails. point. Yeah. So yeah, the the audience, if they have to listen to a segue, they'd like to listen to some really interesting stuff, and that was some good segue talk. Oh right man, without question. Which side are you on, pimento cheese or egg salad? And there's our poll question for the day. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. That will be on at I don't SM- even think it's close. The pimento cheese sandwich <laughs> is way better than the egg salad sandwich. I would tend to agree with that. I mean, anybody can whip up an egg salad sandwich. But I don't know. whether It's the Not jalapeno for $1.50, pepper though. and one other ingredient that makes that pimento cheese off the chart. And one other ingredient. And and I, I take it that we don't know what that one other one other I ingredient that is there's that one thing they put in our front pocket that nobody gets to know about <laughs> uh virgil who that we aren't talking about other than dustin johnson might we be talking about on sunday uh, i think of the there's i think there are two names that jump out to me that are would, would be considered an upset victory but are no question about it threats to win one is bubba watson and the other one's patrick cantlay if people remember correctly, last year when Tiger won on the 14th hole, Patrick Cantley was winning. And he's a super-duper player, hits it long enough. He doesn't hit a Bryson DeChambeau long, but he hits it really long. Golf course sets up well for him. He just won a couple of weeks ago. And Bubba Watson has the similar length to Bryson DeChambeau. And I think that in some ways he has an advantage of being left-handed because of the some of the shots that he could have a statistical advantage on it benefits being left-handed like the 12th the 12th hole shot into the green you know the green sits from left to right so it sets up better for a left-hander's draw Mm. than a right-hander's fade much like you saw last year with four of the top five players going into that hole hitting it in the water you know that doesn't work out well for a right-hander trying to hit it close to the hole because they have to hit it absolutely perfectly where a draw not so much and that's why i always give bubba watson a very good chance of contending and winning just because his game matches up beautifully to Augusta National. And another person is Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley is is known to always be in contention in major championships, but hasn't won one yet. This could be his this could be his week. You talked about Tiger being able to hold it together for four rounds. Um and obviously he he saves his best for Augusta. How do you feel like he shapes up this week? Well, I think that it all starts with being having a good start. I believe that Tiger ha- Tiger and Phil have unique advantages because nobody knows the golf course like they do. And they study the the architecture and the design 
in a strategic level, probably more so than everybody else. And that's how, you know, the greats of the game continue to, to contend at Augusta national well into their fifties because there's course knowledge plays a huge role in it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if tiger is in the mix. I would be surprised if he won, but it would be, it would be the most beautiful surprise of them all because if, if there's anything that could bring just a little bit of sunshine on 2020, hmm. would be a Tiger Tiger Woods 2020 repeat. And you know or, the best thing, or, or, or what if uh, instead of the 97 winner, we got the 87 winner, Larry Mize, who's currently two under <laughs> on well, top of the leaderboard. <laughs> you know, you know. That's I wild. just sit back and think well, that would be uh, wow. I mean, that would be something that we couldn't even really even imagine. <laughs> you you would have to chalk that up to 2020 right i mean that would be the most 2020 that, thing we've ever heard of uh, from thir- from 33 years ago good lord um you just knocked a question right out of my I'm head sorry. chris um, it was it was when i saw it i was like holy crap i'm sorry what larry mize i haven't heard that name in 30 years much less you know, saw him on top of a leaderboard at Augusta. <laughs> I, I think the best thing about this Masters, though, is there's another one in five months now. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, That's I mean, exactly this right. this one will really be fresh on everybody's mind when they come back and play in April, you know, COVID permitting, yeah. I guess. But well, I think that, I think that they'll play it. I, I'm not so sure we'll have fans. I think a lot of it has to do with whether they get this vaccine anywhere close to where they think it could be. That might be the saving grace for the 2021 Masters. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, this is such a unique year. And to have every once in a while get just a little bit of normalcy put back into it and something that matters to a lot of people, even if you don't play golf, almost everybody wants to know what's going on at the Masters because it has a different level of it's a different kind of event. Mm-hmm. I would almost say that there's, it's the premier event of all premier events when it comes to how things get run, how it's, how it's put together, how it's televised, and how, how it creates the best champion. I'm not sure that there's a better sporting event than Augusta National. And I believe that a lot of organizations come to Augusta National to study how they put on, really, a, always put up a five-star show. And... That's what I expect to see happen, and it'll be a nice, uh, a nice lead into Thanksgiving. We'll have plenty to talk about, and hopefully, a legendary champion would be great. I mean, if you think about it, we have two chances to see radical history made. Mm-hmm. If Rory McIlroy wins, he becomes the sixth player to win the Career Grand Slam. That in itself would be spectacular for golf. But if Tiger wins, Tiger not only ties Jack Nicklaus for his sixth green jacket. But he also passes Sam Snead for the most wins on the P- in PGA Tour history. Mm. Those two vic- those two victories to me would be a nice a nice way to move the storm cloud of 2020 out to sea and bring us a little bit of sunshine and hope that there's a little bit of normalcy and greatness still providing uh, providing us life and inspiration going forward. Absolutely, Virgil Herring joins us today Virgil thanks so much for taking some time out we really appreciate you and uh, enjoy watching this tournament as I know you will well thank you very much and call me anytime you need me look forward to chatting up thank you my pleasure all right when we come back we are going to talk about that Independence Brentwood high school football matchup it will be 
a very intriguing game and Mo will be there so we will get in depth on that one on the other side of this break this is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Are you finally ready to turn your outdated kitchen into a dream kitchen, but you don't want to deal with the hassle of a remodel? Call our friends Lynn and Kathy over at By Design Cabinetry in Spring Hill. They have the latest trends and timeless classic looks for your home. By Design Cabinetry is your solution to indoor and outdoor cabinets. Visit them at bydesigncabinetry.com or call 615-241-1195. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao with you here, along with Mo Patton and J.P. Plant on WKOM 101.7 FM, 25 minutes past the hour here in Columbia, Tennessee. We are ready to talk high school football, and that's what we do. But it's not all we do. <laughs> Somebody said that. Yeah, it would be you. <laughs> you are the one who said that. <laughs> Came out of your brain. Um, but high school sports is what we really specialize in, and that's why we're going to bring you some great insight to this Brentwood Independence game that we've already talked about once this week with Charles Pulliam. But this is a game that you, you just about can't talk about too much. Uh, it is... It, it, not only is it a really big rivalry, it's a region matchup between two teams that essentially they are they were co-region champions. Yeah, and and as you and Charles said when we spoke on Tuesday, this has virtually become appointment football here. I mean, you expect to see these guys play twice a year yeah. for whatever reason, and they have the last three seasons and. The difference with this one, though, is that Brentwood could be without a plethora of their starters and other team members due to COVID-19 contact tracing, et cetera, and also a knee injury to quarterback Kay Granzow. Brentwood could conceivably be down to their number three quarterback because Granzow goes down with a knee injury. Davis White, the number two, steps in and goes 17 for 19 against Kane Ridge, then gets contact, contact traced, I believe, mm-hmm. into quarantine. So if Granzow isn't available, we know White's not available. So, yeah, I the mean, inter- who knows? The, the Independence defense may get to introduce itself to the number three Brentwood quarterback. Maybe it's Walker Merrill in the. Uh... 
in, in the wild in the cat. wildcat. <laughs> I don't know. Wild, wild bear. The maybe? wild. Yeah, the wild bear. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm really interested to uh, to talk about this, but I did talk about it with Coach Scott Blade and quarter Indy quarterback Jackson Campbell last week. Uh, Blade talked about it being appointment football, basically, but also Jackson Campbell is ready to, let's just say, get the monkey off the Eagles' back. Man, I've, I'm trying to undo the curse since my sophomore year, but this game is going to be a huge game for us, obviously. Uh, we're just going to come out and offense, we're going to be on fire. Defense, we're going to have to key on their quarterback, obviously, and their wide receivers, but I'm excited. We're definitely going to Beat the curse of beating them and then losing in the playoffs. So I can't wait. Oh, well, you know, each year is a different group of guys, a different personality. Um, we know that that game has been uh, come down to the last seconds, uh, really, many of the last, probably three or four out of the last five times. And so we know it's going to be a great matchup. These are two really good teams. These are two, it's a healthy rivalry, healthy rivalry. And, um, you know, we're excited to get a chance to, like I said, get to play and against a great team. This is, you know, if you like football, it's a heck of a matchup. That's right. It's a heck of a matchup. He's right. I mean, it, this is, a, this is a, a matchup that you want to see in the second round. We have seen it the last three years. Uh, was it, I guess it was last year or, yes, last year when the double overtime loss Independence goes over to Brentwood uh, after beating them in the in the regular season at Brentwood. They go over there in the second round, take the game to double overtime, and unfortunately Ethan Cash fumbled on a an option play, uh, ending in the second overtime. Yeah, second overtime, Brentwood had kicked a field goal, so Independence scores a touchdown. They win the game, and uh, an option left goes awry. And Ethan Cash fumbles, and Brentwood recovered, ending the Eagles' season. And it was just, you know, that's exactly the type of game that we've come to expect from these two teams. And I am really looking forward to how this one turns out. Again, I have picked Independence to go to the state final, so clearly I think that Independence will win this football game. But I, you know... Brentwood, no matter what, they really impressed me last week because I thought it, I thought Cane Ridge had a very good chance, especially considering the the things we knew. Because I, I mean, we knew that there were some players out for contact tracing at Brentwood. I didn't know there were thirty, but had I known there were thirty, I would have said Cane Ridge easily, you know. But clearly, you know that Brentwood comes out and gets one of the things they did really specifically well was they kicked and recovered two onside kicks and that was really a backbreaker to Kane Ridge cuz it went from 6 to nothing to 28-7 in a matter of like 6 minutes do you feel like any of your remarks may have made their way to the Brentwood locker room it's potential i don't know did you put them there <laughs> no <laughs> no i wouldn't do that to you <laughs> i wouldn't do that to you but, uh, I just, th- I mean, I really thought that that was a an option, you know, that it was a really big possibility. And I think without the two onside kicks, we don't, who knows, but but those, but recovering two onside kicks and then scoring, right? My goodness, that's a that that is a momentum and backbreaker if you are 
it doesn't matter who you are. You could have been Oakland. Had Brentwood done that against Oakland, who knows? <laughs> well, here's what's funny. Um, from the Williamson Herald's David Dawson, who covered that game, um, Brentwood recovered a pair of pooch kicks following Bruin touchdowns, both of which um, ultimately set up touchdowns. And Ron Crawford, let me tell you about the genius of coaching, Crawford said with a laugh. That whole thing was about us not wanting to kick the ball to their number six, Tyrold Good. All we really did was just a sky kick. It wasn't an onside kick, but both times they failed to field it and we were able to jump on it. Well, there you go. That's the genius of coaching. That's the genius of coaching. Sometimes things just work out. Well, so essentially what you're telling me is Kane Ridge was watching the Falcons play? Apparently. Makes sense. Yeah. Go catch the ball. What did I what what did I say two weeks ago uh, after the Shovelville Central game? Something about football IQ? Football IQ is just – it's so hard to find. If you find a kid that's got football IQ, recruit him. I don't care how, how good he is physically. If he's got a football IQ, he's going to help your team. <laughs> Some kind of way. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Meanwhile, I, I really don't think receiver Aaron Walton played in this ball game. I don't see him mentioned here. I, um, there aren't stats from the game attached to this article, but I don't see him mentioned in this article. And he is basically Brentwood's number two receiver behind UT commitment Walker Merrill. Um, and so if he was one of the guys who was unavailable for um, – for COVID-related reasons, that's a big blow as well. Who are we looking for? Aaron Walton. Aaron Walton did play, had one catch for 16 yards. Wow. Uh, Mark Hirsch, Mac Hirschman had mm. two catches for 85 and a couple of scores. Both of them went for scores. 42 and a half yards a catch for two touchdowns. <laughs> wow. That's <laughs> that's incredible. That's, I mean, outside of Merrill's 11 for 118, <laughs> Hirschman was the guy. Wal- okay, so White completed 17 of 19 and 11 were to Merrill. 21. Oh, 17 of 21. Okay. According to Brentwood statistics. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, according to Cane Ridge statistics. But my guess is that those first two passes were probably Granzow. That could Granzow be. Granzow went 0 for 2. Yeah, that would make sense. That makes sense. But um, so Davis White was 17, completed 17 passes, and 11 of those were to, to, uh, to um, Walker Merrill. Yes, and five of them went for touchdowns. So that, that's, that's pretty impressive. Which – makes it even that more discouraging that he will not be on the field on Friday. Because I, I know Independence would love – they've already beaten Brentwood at full strength, but they still don't want to get this win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, you, you you want to play a team at their best so that, you know, there's nothing about, well, they didn't have XXX. No, we, we beat them at their best. And, and I think that's what every competitor wants to see. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one shapes up with – who Brentwood does or does not have available. But Independence, as far as we know, will have Jackson Campbell available, and that cures a lot of ills on their end. It does. And when you've got Ty Lockwood to throw to, when you've got you know Calvin Wilson on the outside, Brigham Morkel on the outside, and, of course, you know, Tyler Condra, Tyler Condra he's, yeah. you know, those, those guys make – a world of difference to a quarterback and then when you can turn and hand it to number six trey hartwell i mean he has been as impressive here over this last three weeks 
probably as any running back. I mean, he had a very big impact on that Brentwood uh, win in Week 10. He was quite present against Ravenwood and, and again Friday night over at Laverne. Yeah, he was – well, everybody was kind of prevalent in, in that one. But, yes, Trey Hartwell, the sophomore running back, has been – a very vital part of this offense something that they haven't had since uh, i guess a couple of years ago with uh uh who was what's the running back's name darn i can't i can't call his name i can't help you because i didn't see him a whole lot that oh year. anyway mm-hmm. um you know they just haven't had a they didn't have a solid running game last year and hartwell gives them something extra you know, it keeps it keeps defenses from being able to key on Campbell exclusively in the run game. Exactly, and, and it also and it makes Campbell more effective because he can he can pull it and get the corner and and that kind of on, on that read option, different things like that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. You know, we'll see how this one plays out, but I, I expect to see. Jackson Campbell to run it a little more than he did this week. Mm-hmm. He didn't run it. He ran it one time for five yards for on third down to you know to give his team a extend a drive. But I expect to see him pull it a little bit more this week. Uh, I do expect though that any chance he gets to throw it downfield, he's going to. And Calvin Wilson is a serious threat. And in the earlier game against Brentwood. Um... Jackson was 12 of 22 for 215 yards and what? Just the one passing touchdown. He ran for two and Sam Hinkie with a couple of early field goals for them. So, you know, pretty diverse offensive attack the first time around for them. And again, it'll be interesting to see how, how that shakes out this time. But obviously the, the most intriguing issue is, you know, who shows up for Brentwood literally. Yeah, I mean, we don't we don't know how many players they're going to be missing. That's that's the thing. Um, anyway, I, I'm I expect this game will go down to the wire, no matter what. They just, typically do just because it's Brentwood Indy, mm-hmm. and Brentwood is Brentwood has the ability, unlike a lot of other high school teams, the next man up mentality is something that Brentwood can handle. And that just goes – that just is a credit to that program and mm-hmm. what they've built over there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a credit to the program. It's a credit to that coaching staff for having developed guys that are ready to go in there and execute when they are that next man up. I mean, you've got a lot of teams and programs where there's a real drop-off when you go from – starters to that next level of performers they clearly had guys ready when they went in to go and to go and perform i mean who who did you mention the mac uh mac hirschman mac hirschman two catches for 85 yards and two touchdowns i mean that's it's not a bad night at the office at any level but you know for it to be your first real exposure and in a must-win situation that's pretty big performance yeah so we'll see what the Bruins come up with in this one in a 
win and move on, lose and put your gear away situation. That's right. <laughs> you, we've, it's, uh, it's winner take all in this one, and for the chance to go to the quarterfinals of the state playoffs and a likely rematch with Ravenwood in the third round. In all likelihood. I mean, who knows? Uh, Franklin played Ravenwood earlier this year. They got a little confidence. We'll see. They, they lost played, that one 42-21. Yeah. But, but Franklin's coming early off. Early in the year. Yeah, like week three, week four, yeah. I think it was. But Franklin's coming off a huge win over Smyrna. Confidence that, level. Yeah. Hey, it's all about hitting your stride at the right time. Peaking at the right time, folks. It's a playoff game. And it doesn't matter. I mean, this is a, it's the last game of the year. Brent can't hold anything back now. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. All right, when we come back, uh, there are some updates from the TWSWA Board of Control meeting we may want to uh, get to if we have a chance. Uh, also, um, we got to make some picks. we got to make our picks. And, of course, there's a big football game tonight here in, in, in Nashville. Yeah, so, really? Yeah. Kind of a kind of a big deal. So uh, there's that, and uh, we'll talk about those few things on the other side of a break. We'll be right back on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bon and Joint. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill, and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. 16 minutes to the top of the hour here on... Thursday, a beautiful Thursday in Columbia. Ready to talk about, I guess we only have two games to pick in our coverage area. We'll, we'll definitely pick some others probably tonight on TriStar Sports Thursday Night Live, which will be held at DB's Eats and Beats, hosted by J.P. Plant. We'll be joining him and Terry the Chicken Man Wilcox and, of course, Coach... James Dickinson will be in the house. So come join us tonight. If you are out and about, you can hang out with us at DB's Eats and Beats in Columbia. But we're going to pick two games this morning. Two of them. Dose. And I got a feeling <laughs> it's going to be a consensus. <laughs> I, I got a feeling that you are correct. So. <laughs> Got a question for you. Gotcha. Do we ha- do we have the tally of the regular season between the two of you? We used to. I have not kept one this year. Um, that Does that being, mean he was losing though? That's exactly. I, well, what I that was means. I was losing when we stopped. I guess what was about week four or five. I was down three or four games. You remember? We, we got to the point where we were picking the same, and it a was lot. Yeah, it, it was getting to. Uh, I was like, all right, hold on. 
But I used to make a graphic for it. Um, unfortunately, and I now, stopped making the graphic. Well, yeah, since, since we're not on video. Since there's no real visual at this point. <laughs> Next, or, or motivation. Next year we'll put it on the uh, on the on Just the Twitter account. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll put the graphic up on the Twitter, and uh, I may go back through the Twitter. You put on the Chipper Jones there. The Twitter. Oh, the, the Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Not the Facebook, but the Twitter. No, so, the Twitter. Uh, okay, that's the thing that my parents or my mom does a lot. Uh-huh. She says the in front oh, yeah. of all. You know, we're going to go down to the, the TJs. The wall. The Walmart. The Walmarts. <laughs> Walmarts. <laughs> Walmarts. Plural. Uh-huh. Walmarts yep. and Kroger's. Yep. I'm just kidding. My mom doesn't say Walmarts, but like everyone else in the South does. So I, I don't want to get too far. I just want to mention this. You mentioned 60 Days in the show on Netflix. Yes. I watched all 10 episodes of season five last night. Oh, till Lord. Like in the morning. Could not stop. Hush. Because I. So as thank you. I am currently. Sarcastically. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Ugh. currently on season or on episode six. Last night it was the the theft episode where everybody mm-hmm. was stealing stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah, we're on that one. Let me just tell you, if I was gonna binge something, sixty days in would not have been it. I couldn't stop. I could not stop. Now I will say during during the initial lockdown from COVID, I watched like a season of Justified in two days. Oh, I yeah. think that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to derail you, but I just had I had to put that because you put that in my head, and I turned it on last night when I went to bed, and eight hours later it felt like I don't know. I don't know it was well, it's ten ten episodes, episodes. forty two minutes uh-huh. each. Yeah, you do the math. So <laughs> it's it's probably about six hours. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Anyway, let's make some picks. Uh, Summit hosting Central. What you got? I'll tell you what. One. Two, three, summit. summit. Yeah. And do we want to do maybe like a, a score to get uh, to get a little a little more? We, I mean, we we're not I'm heavy not, favorite. I, That's to I, be expected. Right? How about this? How about this? How about I, I did so well on the over under on passing. Yeah, give I'll, us, I'll give you I'll give you a, a, a line. A line. I'll give you a, a summit will be favored by seventeen and a half. Over or under? That's I'm on taking you. the under. All right, 17 and a half. I'm picking, so you're gonna ta- I'm picking 27 13. 27 13. There mm. you go. All mm. right. Mm. So I've got 17 and a half. I mean, that's that's half of what the game was last time. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with where we're at, I think 17 and a half is a good line. All right. Independence at Brentwood on three. One, two, three. Independence. Independence. Yep, it's the Eagles. I think this is a. I think this is the Eagles to uh, game to win, or game to lose. What's your line for entertainment purposes only? Uh, I would say six and a half. I still think it's going to be a close ball game. I'm taking the over. I'm picking this one. Independence thirty-one twenty. Thirty-one twenty. There you go. Thirty-one. How do they Thir- get thirty-one? That that includes a field goal from <laughs> Sam Hinkie. <laughs> so, Steve, 30. if you're listening, that's how we get to 31. He's definitely going to be listening, or at least reading your, your Mostradamus later on SM-TNSports.com. And, and, and trying to figure out the math on my picks, yeah. I, feel, I, I couldn't figure it out. We knew he wasn't going to miss three extra points. So, <laughs> Well, he did. Did he miss one? Mm-mm. No, he was perfect. Okay, never mind. Right. He did not line up for six field goals either. <laughs> 
<laughs> surprise, surprise. Huh? Early in that game, they got to a fourth down, and it was inside like the 20. I was like, kick it. Yeah, I was thinking kick it. it. I was like, if he kicks it here, who knows? No, you should have you just you should have just screamed out on the sideline, <laughs> field goal, and see who goes running out there. Oh man! And see how quick Scott strangles yeah, you. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. Those are our two picks for the night. I do want to mention real quick before we get into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, Titans Colts tonight. That's on uh, NFL Network and Amazon Prime. If you have that. Uh, I believe it is on Fox as well. Interesting. I think so. They just putting it up everywhere because nobody was watching it. Well, I th- Fox, uh, when Fox took over the Thursday night package, I think part of their deal was oh, okay. on Fox every Thursday night. Cool. That's um, good to know. All right, so uh, that one will be on tonight. Also, um, future brave Trevor Bauer was named the <laughs> NL Cy Young yesterday. Uh, NL Cy Young winner Trevor Bauer. And uh, we'll find out tonight if uh, Freddie Freeman is the National League most valuable player. He, Mookie Betts, and Manny Machado are the three finalists. And if you're into serendipity and that kind of thing, the award is scheduled to be presented by Dale Murphy. (laughs) Man, you know what? I love Dale Murphy. He's a great dude. Anyway, I've actually got a, I he spoke at something here in Nashville years ago and I I had to fanboy out for a second get a picture with him and he was gracious enough to do it. It was probably some sort of journalistic violation, but Well, one of you two are Hall of Famers. And it's not and, him. And one of and one of us has had a way better career than the other one. So, hey, I'm just saying Hall of Fame voters, Del Murphy and Fred McGriff, should have been in the Hall of Fame. But, oh, well, Dell's off the ballot now, isn't he? He might be, he might be eligible for the veterans ballot, though. No. I'm not sure. So, there's still hope. Yeah. We got a few minutes left here. I want to uh, – Mention we we did mention that the Williamson Ag Expo will not be um, available for wrestling according to the TWSWA Twitter account. Um, yeah, at the board of control meeting that's ongoing over at Siegel, they are discussing, um, among other things, a proposal regarding venues for um, TWSWA postseason tournaments and. Um, Clearly, you know, COVID is kind of impacting how basketball postseason and wrestling postseason is going to take place. And with the Williamson County Ag Expo being a site for COVID-19 testing, it's not available for, for the state wrestling tournament, which I'm sure will make any number of people in Chattanooga happy <laughs> because they are still torn up over it over at leaving the University of Chattanooga there. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, because Chattanooga is such a central location for everybody. Well, you know, for them, Chattanooga is the center of the wrestling universe in Tennessee. Interesting. I, I say that as a... A little uh, sarcastically? A, a lot sarcastically. <laughs> as a mid-state wrestling parent, among other things. Yeah. Anyway. But, so, so they are discussing other 
venues, both for the state wrestling tournament and for, you know, the district region and state basketball tournaments because typically those district and region tournaments rotate and and I think that the discussion is at this point to just have them at the higher seat or something that, that, like that. Yes. Uh, before we get to that, though, and I'll give you the specifics. According to Tom Krieger of the Tennessean, um, there are talks with the Chattanooga Convention Center for Wrestling. I'm shocked. So, anyway. I'm shocked. But, yes, uh, also per Krieger at Krieger, on uh on twitter he he's giving live updates and this is not live stream so best source of information uh live right now is at krieger on twitter um, if you're so inclined yeah i mean if you want to read about it what you just said is is correct it's actually it's it's been uh voted on and has passed district and region basketball tournaments will be held at the higher seed this year so I I don't hate that. No, I I don't hate that either. I'm not sure what the necessarily what the big deal is about it. I'm not sure. I I mean, it, but it's fun to be in you know that one that one gymnasium for three or four games like we saw last year. Mm-hmm. That being said, this is I guess in the era of COVID that this kind of prevents you from having so many people in one place at the same time. Correct. And, and that, which, it, which is a, probably a good it's thing. a good it's a good move for tw- for 2020 2021 um also uh apparently um cross country's tweaked for next year as well um top three teams will make the state and the top five people not on those three teams will make the state which has been the top 10 so that's interesting wonder what the motivation was for that, and I wonder how coaches feel about it. Uh, well, we know one we, or two. We know a few. That, that we could call and ask how they feel about it. Well, I mean, um, think about this for a second. If that had been in place this year, neither Nate Martinez nor Michael Gerhart would have advanced. Right, because, and Gerhart finished pretty high. Yeah, Gerhart finished eighth in the region, though. And Martinez was was ninth. Gerhardt from Spring Hill, Nate Martinez from Independence. So neither of them would have advanced. So um, William Craig from Zion Christian wouldn't have advanced in the Division 2A. I think he finished seventh in the region. So, yeah, that's, that's – I wonder what the motivation is for that. And I know what it does, but I wonder what – Does it just – Clear up the track a little. I, I don't know that that matters. I, I wouldn't think, but hmm. Okay. Um, hey, do, do you TWSWS? Speaking of reducing competitors, apparently, if wrestling moves to Chattanooga, they may have to reduce the number of state state qualifiers as well. So that would be interesting. Unfortunately, what are they going to make reduce it to? Uh, Just reduce. It doesn't say how many or how few. So there you go. Anyway, those are some of the updates from the CWSA Board of Control meeting. The biggest thing that will go on today, though, still is the finalization, the setting of districts and regions for 
21, 22, and 22, 23. And looking at the agenda for the meeting, that is item number 21. So it's way down there. It's way down the list. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. We should have some news for you on that tomorrow morning from 9 to 11 here that on 1017 FM. We are here every weekday, 9 to 11 a.m. on 1017 WKOM. We appreciate you guys listening in. And you can hear us tonight on JP's show. And like I said, we'll be live at DB's Eats and Beats with JP on TriStar Sports Live Thursday night. We might ought to talk a little bit about this ball game tonight. Um, We really don't have a whole lot of time. But what we can say is that uh, Ryan Tannehill is uh, – he started his – titans career against the colts and uh he's been pretty good since 19 touchdowns in the first eight games of the year setting a lot of titans and and franchise records i'm just saying titans oilers tennessee houston yep doing a great job but we will have plenty of information for you tomorrow morning we'll talk about the rest of the listing areas high school playoff games tomorrow make some picks tonight tomorrow morning let you know about all of those things uh like i said if you missed any part of today's show we want to thank darren joins and uh virgil herring for joining us today and you can hear them on the podcast search sm-tn sports today wherever you get podcasts and you can hear any part of the show that you missed today we appreciate it uh we will catch you Tomorrow morning, again, 9 o'clock, right here on WKOM 1017 FM. This is Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay cool, Columbia.